All right, here we go with part five. This is the last part, I promise. I'm going to post this on Monday. Hopefully, everybody will get to hear these. Like I said, I put them in small parts that people driving to work. It's just easier, and if you get a lot of stuff on your phone like I do, I know I have way too much stuff on my phone, so it clogs up my memory. This is a lot easier. So anyway, it was a great time. It was a great conversation. Um, Really, you know, I learned a little bit about the freight industry, the brokering and all that. That's something I really never had to deal with. Don't know much about it. I'm mostly just been a sleeper truck driver. Uh, the guy who goes across country, that kind of thing. That's mostly my thing. Uh, but that's just it. In this in this industry, there's so many different things you can do. You know, you can be a driver. You can be a broker. Or like Ken, you can be a driver broker. You can be a sleeper driver. You can be a dispatcher. You can be, you know, a dock worker. You can be a mechanic. You know, you can be in the maritime industry, you know, you know, being on a boat, you know, the, you know, this industry of transportation and moving goods, you know, you, you, there's a lot of things you could do. You could be a customs worker guy, you know, does customs, checks things out, make sure everything's all right. You could be a border patrol inspection agent, make sure nothing illegal is coming across. When it comes to transportation and transportation related jobs, it's huge. It's a huge thing. And we're just... You know, we'll never be able to, we'll just scratch on the surface, which is really what it comes down to. But it's what I'm interested in, and it's what I like to talk to, and Ken was interested in it too, and he's, you know, he's he said freight's his life, and I can understand that, because freight's my life. And uh, it's fun to talk to him, the guy who likes to move freight. You know, it's all about moving stuff. So, that being said, let's go on with part five. And I'll see you guys next week for the new show. Like I said, I'm working on that thing with Ed Harris. I got to read Ed's book. Sorry, Ed Miller. I got to read Ed's book this week. Hopefully we'll get Sal Paul and that'll be kind of interesting. And then uh, the Dr. Patel thing will, will drop later, probably in a couple of weeks. You're really going to want to listen to that one. That one's amazing. Hopefully I'll get Dr. Patel on here. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>'Cause I mean think about it. everything we do revolves around stuff moving or people moving. And when you get into it and you see how it all works. And like for you, uh getting good drivers is important, getting customers to ship stuff off is important. And you know, and then being on the ground and actually seeing as a driver how they load and unload and what to watch out for. Stuff like that. I, love, I actually load and unload too, so I'm on that part of it too. Well see, that's important too, because people don't realize uh you know, you don't load this stuff properly and you could have some problems. Oh, yeah. You know, things shifting or too much weight on the side, go around a corner and the thing will flip over for no reason. Or at least as a driver, you don't know what the reason is. 
or dealing with hazmat hazmat laws and regulations that's a pain in the ass yeah i yeah. stay away from the hazmat. oh i did it for years it's real i don't like it you know it's it's a you know and the rules don't make a lot of sense sometimes you know it's like i could have a whole load of if i have a whole load of charcoal it's it's unbagged it's a hazardous material and i got a placard it but if it's in 50 pound bags and it's going to somebody you know to to like a store or something to be sold off then it's consumer quantities and it's not placarded because you know because it's in the bags but then again it's like wait a minute the stuff in the bags will probably burn better because the paper will burn so why would they yeah that <laughs> doesn't make any sense you know <laughs> And then as a hazmat driver, you got to go get your finger, you know, you got to get your hands, you get a fingerprinted and all that stuff every five years. And, you know, it's just a nightmare. Well, because I'm a felon now, I can't be a hazmat driver. Actually, actually, you can. Yeah. Well, you didn't commit your felon while you were driving a truck, right? Correct. Okay. Because um, if you, okay, let's say uh, drugs, let's say a guy get busted for drugs. Just your, your thing isn't drugs, but I'm just using that as an example. If you were busted for uh for dealing or selling, and there's guys I know guys that do that are driving now that have hazmat, because they got busted, they did their time and they're you know they're they're out you know they're not doing no more. They started driving truck, but if they had did, if they had used the truck in the commission of their crime, you know like dealing or selling or transport you know distributing, then they could never have a CDL again. Right. So in your case, I don't know exactly how the law falls under your thing because there's like this huge category. If you go look it up, you know, hazmat offenses or whatever that, you know, you can't have a thing. But there's some that are like, you'll, you know, you can't have a license for three years, four years, five years. Uh, domestic right, abuse right. is one. And then at the very bottom, it says they can deny you your hazmat for no reason due to national security issues. So they don't even, oh, wow. yes, yeah, so you don't even have to tell you. But most of the time, um, I have a friend, he got a felon, it was, you know, was selling drugs, you know, when he was younger in multiple and because he didn't do it while he was, you know, before he got into driving and all that, he can have a hazmat license. Cool. Yeah. I thought like you, same thing. I thought, oh, once you become a, get a felon, it messes you up and you can't get a hazmat license. And then I went and looked it up for my friend and, you know, cause he wanted to drive and I was like, oh yeah, you can, you can get one. There's no thing here that says you can't. I was really surprised. Yeah, that's nice. And I actually did hazmat in the military. Oh yeah, imagine uh, uh fuel, ammunition. Yeah, we we worked at our infantry unit, but we was tank support. <clears throat> so we fueled up the tanks with fuel, and we also carried ammo for the tanks. Oh man, see, and you don't placard that stuff though, do you? No, you wouldn't placard that, would you? No, you just because you don't want anybody to know what's in there. <laughs> exactly, you're just dropping it. There's no placards. When you, let me ask you this, because I'm just curious, because you know, like I can tell when the truck's loaded or unloaded, when it's going in a road. But when you're and you're because you're doing, you're going to the tank unit, and you got the truck loaded. Can you tell? You kind of get an idea of what's on there because you know what's going to these places. Could you tell what was in that yeah. trailer without without opening it up? Well, with the tank rounds, it's it's uh it's in a bed, so you can see the rounds. Oh, you can actually see them. Yeah, yeah, you can see them. It's not like an enclosed trailer. Oh, oh, I would, I would almost think like they wouldn't want anybody to know what was in there at all. Well, you're in the middle of the desert. You got enough support, so no one, no one's getting close to you, anyways. Yeah, but I would almost think they wouldn't want to, you know, just they don't even want to know what 
you know, I guess they can figure it out anyway. You know, the people that are working there, you know, uh, as support on the base are reporting everything you're doing anyway. Yeah. So you can see it. You know, that's crazy, man. You know, but, uh, um, yeah, I've never, I've done ammunition, small ammunition, but that's the most I've ever done that way. Oh, okay. You know, mostly it was, uh, uh, when my hazmat, it's like chemicals and things like that. You know, and then totes. It was always in totes. Never anything major. The strangest thing I ever hauled was bull semen. Wow, never even heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, 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 I guess it was for uh, breeding. And oh, wow. and the reason why it was hazmat is because of the stuff they used was it liquid nitrogen. They have liquid nitrogen canisters there that keep the stuff frozen, you know, solid or whatever. And so. Th- that's why it was hazmat because of, not because of the bull semen itself, but because of the stuff they used to keep it cold. Yeah. Cause I looked at the bills and I'm looking at the bills and I'm like, why is this hazmat? And I'm like, bull semen, why would bull semen be, you know, why are we even hauling that? Yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. Right. And they're like, yeah. And it, it's like millions of dollars worth of bull semen. I'm like, get out of here. No, it was, it was a real thing, man. It was like these prize bulls and, and the, the, the canisters. Because the you know, I got pulled over and then you know, the guy's inspecting it. And he goes, oh, you got bull soup? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, that's crazy. Well, we got to go. Inspe-. I said, I'm not reaching in that container, buddy. Yeah, you can go for yourself. I said, have fun. He, he actually crawled over the top of the whole trailer over all the boxes to get to the front where it was to make sure that it was properly secured in the trailer. Wow. And I, I've, I've, done that I've never seen that before myself. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was like, really? Seriously? And I thought, man, oh, one of our guys must have pissed this guy off. We're going to be here forever. <laughs> right? Isn't it the way it works? Right, it is. You know, because most of the time they just say, hey, get out of here. You know, they, they just wave you on when they get to know you. But, you know, I thought, man, oh, somebody made a scene. Somebody made a scene. No. Yeah, working for SDs, I got a call at two two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. They wouldn't let my one of my trucks pass, and then I get a call maybe thirty minutes later. Hey, I can't go either. So I'm like, what in the world is going on? Find out it's just you know, of course, a corporation. They all use the same DOT number, yeah. and a whole other state somebody didn't pay a fine or pay a ticket, so they shut everybody that was coming through that that way station down. Ah, well, you know, that's just that when you got a big carrier like that, you know, uh, okay. Like if you're an independent guy and you, you know, something's wrong like that, you can hope that you're going to get by, you know, maybe they won't catch or whatever. But when you're a big carrier like that and somebody forgets to pay something or it doesn't go through the cop knows that every Estes truck or every Schneider truck or every, whatever's going to have this same problem. And so they're going to pull every single one in or, um, uh, uh, you know, another example is like during uh, uh, safety week, you know, the big inspection week they do every year. Blitz week. Yeah. Do you do anything special for that or just take the week off? No, just keep moving like normal. Yeah. I tell my guys, I tell them, I say, and I even say here in the podcast, I say, you know, keep the trash off the dash, keep the trash off the floor, clean the truck. The, the cops are looking for low hanging fruit. And they want yeah. they want to nail as many trucks as they can mail. They don't want to go for crazy big fines. They want to say they got fifty thousand tickets, not five big tickets. Little ones, yeah. yeah. So if you like, if you got a bunch of trash on your dash, they're pulling you in because they, you know, if you didn't clean that up during that week, maybe there's, you forgot something else. Or if you, yeah. you know, just they're looking for low hanging fruit, you know, brakes, 
lights, tires. You know, you check those things. You know, good to go. Yeah, those things are going to be the the number three. Those you know, three things I call BLT. Those three things are going to eat you, man. The BLT, brakes, lights, and tires. Oh, yeah, you getting tired? Oh yeah, I wake up at four in the morning. <laughs> uh, see, me too. Well, we'll cut it short. Uh, well, that two hours not short. Here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> see, I get this is a problem. I'm a driver. I talk too much, and I know it. And everybody who listens to me knows it too. You know, I get it all. But you're the first broker I've ever talked to that I didn't, you know, because I've never, I've always worked for a big carrier. So there's a lot of stuff I find interesting because we'll, we'll have to come back sometime. But here's the thing. Oh, yeah. Email me anytime. You got my email. But here's the thing. Um, What I'll do, I'm going to break this up into four parts. I'm still recording. Okay. We'll break it up into four parts because then, then, you know, and then I'll put it up and I'll probably post it Monday. And then I'll just post them back to back on Monday. That way everything's in context. And then I'll try to, you know, if anybody's listening, I'll try to uh, uh, break them off in parts where we where we separate. So they won't be exactly 30 minutes. Because if you're in the middle of saying something or it's in the middle of a subject we're talking about, I'm not going to break it up because that's just, right. it throws yeah, everybody right. off. Like with the Mac, yeah, with the Max thing, it was hard to break off Max. Max did these great stories. And then I think I found some good spots. But I don't want to throw anybody off. And then we'll put them up in half hour chunks. Yeah, roughly. And then of course, anytime you get anything new, um, you know, throw it at me. And then for the photo for the podcast, I'll just pick some random truck that I took a photo of. And most of the photos in the podcast, if you see it on Facebook, the Trucking with Kingfish on Facebook, I just use the Facebook page because the, the photos look better there. Okay. Most of those, not all of them, but most of those are photos I took. Because as a driver, you got two choices. When you get stuck somewhere, you can get really pissed off or you can do something, walk around. I take photos. That's a good one. That's good, though. Yeah, it's, Saving it's either that or sit behind a wheel getting all bitchy and grouchy and yeah. upset about something you can't do nothing about. Exactly. So I take photos or I read a book if I think I'm going to be there for a long time. Like once I was in Wyoming, they shut down a road for 36 hours. You know, what? yeah, 30, it was like, it was like 30 or 40 below and the road was shut out, shut down. So we was in the truck for 36 hours. Yeah. Literally over there by little America. That's rough. So there's no picture taken there when it's that cold. Oh no. So you just read a book, you know, so you, and, and then you, then you'd be thankful that you brought extra food with you and some water and, you know, stuff like that. And, but you don't want to eat too much cause they know where to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's 20, 30 below out. So you just, no, no, no. Yeah, it's, right. it's too cold. But, you know, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. you know, driving is, it's 90, 90% being prepared. It's all, you know, it's 99% born and 1% oh shit. But like you said, you know, that 99%, you get ready, you're prepared. And then when the 1% hits, it went by and it didn't even, it didn't have anything to do. Yeah. Uh oh, uh oh, she's staring at me. She's Italian. <laughs> oh, she's giving me that look. I get that all the time because I talk too much. Which is why the podcast is good for me because it gives me an outlet because I don't talk to nobody all week long. So, anyway, Ken, it was, it was really nice to meet you. This is Kenneth Carter the third. Oh, anybody wants to contact Ken, you need to move some freight between Chicago and Florida, or better yet, Florida to anywhere else because there ain't nothing moving in Florida. You need to move something. Give Ken a call. He's got the brokerage. He'll set you up with one of his guys. I'm going to put the phone number in the show notes. And I'll put in um, and any links he's got. He's going to send me. I'm going to put them in the show notes. So just look yes. there and contact him. And as you all heard, he's easy got to work with. He'll work with you. And 
He's not one of these big, super huge carriers who can't think outside of the box. You know, I'm under the impression with you, Ken, is that you're small enough, you're big enough to where you got your stuff going on, but you're small enough to where you can think outside the box and you can work with people and create solutions. And that's where it's okay. And the, because the big, huge brokerage companies, you don't know who you're talking to. You're never going to talk to the same guy twice. If you talk to him now, yeah. it's all digital. Yeah, with Ken, you're going to talk to the same guy every single time if you have an issue. And two, if you have a certain thing that you need to move that's maybe a little strange or a little different or there's issues, you know, he can work with you and figure something out. And that's what, uh, that's what the, uh, you know, as a niche player, you can really, you know, you can, you can make things happen that a lot of the bigger carriers wouldn't even think about or wouldn't even want to deal with. Got that right, Kingfish. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I'm under the impression after talking to you that when you, if you you know if somebody got a big challenge, let him know that you heard it here because I got I could see the look on his face and the look is, you know, oh, ready for challenge. <laughs> oh man, give me something crazy. I will move it. I will move it across the country. I'm ready. Give me something crazy. See, and that's what I like about. You know, that's what I like. You know, you're small enough to where you can you can do your thing, big enough to do your thing and make your do your thing because you got four clocks, but but small but small enough to where you can still cater to people. The people are still important, and your reputation is is the most important thing at all. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, our purpose is to fill lives with optimism and work to engender self worth, and that goes from the business to personal. So I want to help people grow, realize what they have going for themselves. And see the potential in themselves to build that up. Oh yeah, and in the process, grow yourself, because the more the more you you know, because you're going right along with them. You know, it's it's a it's it's a great. It's a, you catch that wave and take everybody along with you. That's the plan. That's what a great leader does. Yeah, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. I like that. Yep. All right, so I'll give you the I'll give you the last thing, man. Let's hear your pitch. Let's see let's hear what you got. Well, you got the last word. Not, okay, I'm ready for that. Uh, Maritime Freight and Logistics. You can go to MaritimeFreight.com where you can get free quotes. You can even sign up as a carrier and we'll we'll vet you, get you qualified, get you moving anywhere you want to go. Uh, our mission is to uh, provide and supply as much information as possible to empower our clients' business. And that's what we want to do. And like Kingfish said, there's no challenge big enough for us. We're ready to take on everything. And just remember that you got to believe in yourself and you can do it. You see where I came from and where I'm going and anybody can do that. Thank you. I love it. I love it. So anybody hears this, give Ken a call. And like I said, his phone number and in whatever links he's going to send me is going to be in the show notes. You want to move something, especially uh, Chicago to Florida, Chicago market's rough. You got you know all that rail coming in. It's a, if you know, you need a guy that's, that's on the ground that knows it, that does it. Ken's working with a guy who's right there in Chicago, who's working with the rail, working with all the different companies, because Chicago is, is cutthroat. You know, it is. it's you're not going to get any better. In Florida, that's a hard market too, so you're not going to want your own truck going down there. You need somebody that knows the area that can get these guys back out, and so that's the way to go. So, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing, man. This is going to be fun. And also, um, when I get down to Orlando, you know, now I know I got a place to stay, so I got it. I got it. Oh, yeah. I got a place to stay, so this works out perfect for me. You know, just uh, uh you know, when we go on vacation, can you, can you just disappear for a week? We'll just take over the house for a week. Everything'll be fine. Just don't change my clocks. <laughs> <laughs> I love the clocks. I don't know what it is. I always like clocks, clocks, flashlights, and pocket knives. <laughs> I always, 
you know, you can never have a good enough. You can always have, you never have enough pocket knives because you always got to cut something or use a tool for something. You can never have enough flashlights because you always, you know, it's always in the dark because of red nights. And you can never, never have enough clocks or timepieces because there's always something going on. Well, yeah. now I know what to get you for Christmas. Oh, you know it, man. Anyway, <laughs> I had a great time talking. I was, I was, didn't think we'd go this long. I was really shocked, but it was a really natural conversation. It's like I say, kid, I don't do interviews, I do conversations. And I like that. And it's like, and like the thing in just in case anybody know, I didn't know anything about the military stuff. I just met Ken today. I didn't know anything about the military stuff. We just kind of dwarfed into it. And that was fascinating, which tells you a lot about this man's character and what he can do under a stressful situation. Cause you heard that 130 degree weather in the military, you got to wear your gloves. You got to wear your full uniform. You're wearing the helmet. That stuff is not easy. And you're carrying all this stuff. You got your NBC mask, you know, all this garbage you got to carry with you. And you know, it's not easy. So that tells you that this is the kind of guy that when something's going down, you're just going to, he's just going to keep going. He's going to figure it out because that's what he did in the military. I know because I did it myself. I didn't like it, but you, you, I learned in the military, as long as you keep going, you will figure a way out. Persistence is the key. Yeah, as long as, you know, you'll get through any class, whether it's uh, jump school or whatever, you know, as long as you never give up and that's the key, never give up. And you never gave up. You know, you had some issues. You had to go, you know, you did some prison time, which which knocked you on your ass for a little while. But you didn't cave into it. You didn't let it get to you. You know, you said, hey, you know, I'm not going to let this define who I am. I'm going to be my own person. And this is what I want to do. And I'm going to do it. And now I know, you know, where I could go. You know, I messed up. I'm not going to do it again. You know, that's the impression I got. And so you got out. You kicked ass. A lot of guys wouldn't do it. What you're doing is hard. It's not easy. You're lucky, though, in respect that your mom's behind you 100%. You know, and and your mom also understands you're lucky. Like with me, my wife was a dispatcher, so she understands the job we do. Your mom understands the job you do because your mom did the job. And very few people can say that. And that's important because in the job, trucking job, anybody that gets into it, and a lot of people are listening that are new, a lot of people that get into this field, you need to get your families involved. You need to understand, you know, you need to show them the truck. You need to show them what you do. You need to explain what you do because if you're leaving for a week at a time, you know, people get nervous. They get scared. You're a young marriage, the kids, you know, the more they know about what you do, the better off you're going to be. And these days it's easier to do because when, well, you're a young man, but when I was, when I first started driving, we didn't have no cell phones. Well, that didn't cost like a dollar a minute. And, you know, yeah. and you'd have to, you go to the truck stop and you have to get on a pay phone and wait your turn to call home. And if nobody was home, you couldn't talk to them for a couple of days. And it was really hard and it was really difficult. And now I can, I can go down, I can drive across Nebraska in the middle of nowhere and I'd talk to my wife, you know, or she's like, oh, yeah. oh, look at this, you know, look what the cat did. He broke this thing and sent me a picture of it. You know, and we couldn't do that, you know, 10, 15 years ago or when I first started driving. So things have dramatically changed. It's just amazing how things have changed in this industry. And we adapt. Definitely. But see, you're a young guy, so you'll have no problem. See, me, I don't want to change. I don't want electronic <laughs> trucks. I don't want no, uh, you know, electric vehicles, you know. I don't want anything. It's here. Yeah, but it, things are changing. Like uh, when I was telling you about uh, when I did the, uh, the, the guide dog issue, one of the biggest uh, things that change with vehicles with the guide dogs is the fact that uh, they can't hear the electric vehicles. Wow. So when they're crossing streets and stuff, the electric, you know, that the messes them up. 
So they had to adapt. So they went and got a Prius. And now at the school, when they teach the guide dogs, they teach the how to deal with the Priuses. You know, they teach the dogs how to hear that because you don't, you, you know, it, it's consequences, it's things you never would think about. It's things are changing. Right. You know what I mean? So anyway, I will let you go, Ken. So email me any uh, contact information you got. And like I said, I'll put it in the show notes. You can re-listen to this. I'm sure you listen to it a couple thousand times because it's so good. <laughs> Just for my part, even. And you'll find that on the on the on the um, Facebook page, or you'll find it on one of you know iHeart or Spotify or pretty much we're everywhere. We're you know nice. uh, FM radio, iHeart, Spotify, uh, Cash, you know anything you can think of that plays a podcast. Oh, Amazon! Recently, um, uh, we just got added to Amazon Music. Congratulations. Yeah, it was like they said they sent the thing to sign up for it, and and if uh, oh, and also India, we're really big in India for some reason. Good to know. So, in case I go there. Oh, if you ever go there, just ask about me. Everybody, apparently, everybody knows about me down there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. It's great. It's a huge country, and there's a lot of a lot of Sikhs and a, and a lot of uh, I may not be saying it right. A lot of Punjabi drivers are coming over here because you know there's a shortage of drivers. So you're probably going to see more. We're going to see more and more of that, which is fine with me because trucking is, you know, it's it, we're all a bunch of outcasts that just you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, a bunch of outcasts that are productive and make it work. So anyway, I'm going to stop here and I'll talk to you later, Ken.